Well, good morning and welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand up together. Let's say this. This is who we are. This is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's say this all together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to all of our campuses. Good to have you with us, guys, in Stevens Point and Appleton. Those of you joining us online, welcome. Uh, Pastor Mark, he is out traveling this morning with Laugh Your Way and pretty cool. His wife, Debbie, went with him for the first time in a really long time. Isn't that awesome? She's doing well, and it's probably really exciting for Pastor Mark to have his wife with him, so that's pretty cool. Uh, this morning is uh, Mission Sunday, Go Beyond Sunday. Oh, I've got another awesome announcement, though. Uh, Pastor Lathan and Lynn just had their 10th grandchild yesterday. Also, my niece. And uh, so Greer Rose Bomar was born yesterday and Pastor Lathan and Lynn, they're down in Tulsa with their daughter celebrating with her. So pretty cool. Congratulations to them. Uh, today's Mission Sunday, Go Beyond Sunday. We want to update you into these areas of, that we're connected with here at the church. Uh, first with uh, Go Beyond, we want to give you an update on the numbers there. Uh, we've got a goal of $1.2 million and we are well on our way. Uh, we've raised over $1 million so far as our September total. It's awesome. <clears throat> As you know, this was a two-year campaign. It would have finished in the spring. We were close enough to our goal. We said, you know what? Let's hit the goal of 1.2 million. It won't take us all that much longer. So thank you for connecting in with that. Thank you for giving. We'd encourage you, a lot of you maybe signed up for recurring giving, that sort of thing. Uh, and we'd encourage you to connect with it and keep on doing it. Let's hit our goal of $1.2 million. Uh, also, we've got our missions uh, giving. We've been more and more generous here at Celebration Church this year. Uh, we've almost doubled what we gave year to date last year. If you look at the first eight months of last year, that's awesome. We gave a uh, little over $47,000. Year to date so far, we've given over $86,369. So thank you for giving into that. Uh, we've got a little video that we want to show you. We are taking a trip to Honduras. Let's check that out. English, please. English? Yes, English. All English. Right. All right, here we go. Good morning, Celebration Church. This is Betts Castro, campus pastor for Celebration Latino. And I'm speaking to you this morning because today is Mission Sunday. It's a special day where we can all make a difference in people's lives. Not too long ago, I led a trip down to Honduras 
with the special representatives from each campus of Celebration Church. It was a fantastic experience and we made an impact in people's lives over there. Now, we're taking another trip down in February. The thing is, we need people to sign up and apply as soon as possible. All the information you need, you can find in the lobbies of each every, every campus and we need you all assembled by November. It's a great way where you can give back to other people that just don't have the means. And especially today, it's Mission Sunday. So Celebration Church, let's be generous today and let's give to such a great opportunity to help make a difference in people's lives. Thanks again and God bless. That trip is forming all of our campuses. It would be great to have someone from every one of our campuses apply to go on that trip. So if that is you, make sure you get your information before you leave today so that you can participate in that. Uh, we've got a very special guest with us here today. His name is Nazareth. He is an award-winning comedian. He's been seen by over 40 million people around the world on TV and radio. He has been on TV including Comedy Central, ABC, Family, NBC, CBS, TBN, you name it, he's been there. And uh, he's toured with the Righteous Brothers, The Temptations. He's worked with Mr. B.B. King and Tim Conway, just to name a few. Uh, he has performed for our armed forces worldwide. He's a great guy, and he insists that his biggest credit is that he is a husband and he's a father. Let's all give a big, warm welcome to Nazareth here this morning. Welcome. Wow. I didn't know your father-in-law is Lathan. Yeah. And her sister is married to Philip. Yeah. Who Mark Gunger is. This is a family. This is a mafia. <laughs> I think it makes me my own grandpa. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> good morning. Wow. It's good to be here. I was, I was looking at the news the other day and I found out that the, the Packers are playing the Chicago Bears today. Then I was like, Lord, uh, I need people to come to the service, not watch the game. And God said, I'm busy watching the game. Because <laughs> God is a Packers fan, you know that. Uh, <laughs> but it's good to be back with you. Uh, this church is growing now. I'm afraid one day you're going to get so big that when we call the prayer hotline, you get a guy from India to answer the phone. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm, to those that don't know me, I'm from the Middle East, but ever since September 11th, I feel so Mexican. <laughs> I know yesterday was September 11th, the memorial will never forget. It's a TSA, airport security getting so tough now, I got arrested for a photobomb. <laughs> oh, I can't do that? <laughs> I put my phone on airplane mode, I get arrested for it. They're, they're getting tough. I used to be able to witness on the plane. I can't do that anymore. Do you want someone like me to tell you how to meet your God on an airplane? <laughs> it doesn't work. But I, I flew in yesterday from California. I live in California, yes. And we are having a drought. So if you guys forget Honduras and come to California, we need water wells bad. We can't water our grass, we can't take showers, we can't wash our cars, we can't cry, we can't do anything. They're tough on us now. Yeah, my grass turning brown, I'm putting fake fire hydrants in my front yard. Come on dogs, come on dogs, it's a real one, trust me. Just do your thing, just hurry up. I don't know, I don't see California girls putting buckets of water on their head walking to Arizona to get some water and back, it doesn't work. I don't know, I just, we need water, so come visit us. 
<laughs> but also in California, you know, they're, they're very tough on cops. Do we, if we have any police officers in the house, thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you do. You know, I apologize for the very few that ruin it for everybody. Now every cop in California has to wear a camera on his chest. Really? Really? I mean, is that going to stop the bad cops from doing their work? No, they can still be bad. They can beat someone like that backwards. <laughs> or cover the camera. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, this is what's going on in California. But I am, I told you, I'm from the Middle East, and uh, I, I grew up in Kuwait. I came from a Greek Orthodox Christian background. We never went to church once in our life. It messed me up because the priest had a long beard and you have to kiss the cross on his hand. Messed me up to this day. I can't watch Duck Dynasty without going, Father Sai, <laughs> forgive me my sins, Father Sai. But I love being, I've been living in this country 32 years. I love it because we have choice. Everywhere you go, you have your choice. I went to buy some groceries. They said, you want paper or plastic? Choice. Went to get some coffee, regular or decaf? Choice. Got out of the airport, this guy with a gun. He said, you want to give me your wallet or I'll shoot you? Choice. <laughs> you know, be a Republican or leave Wisconsin? Choice. Are you, are you? I don't know. I'm from a democratic state I'm in California. We don't know. But choice is big. One of the first things, people say, what impressed you the most when you first came to this country? Grocery stores. The choices we have to, you know, for, for food and stuff. Now, wh what, are you, what grocery stores do you have here? What are you called? Festival? Yes. All these. <laughs> Woodman's. That's good. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, well, you know, I was in North Carolina. They have a place called Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. <laughs> anybody shop at a Piggly Wiggly? Really? Piggly Wiggly? I, I would have loved to be there when they named the place. <laughs> let's see. Let's call it uh, Grocery Town. No, 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 no. We want meat in it. Beef country. No, no, no. Pigs. They like pigs here. Okay, Piggly. Yeah, but we need to let them know it's fresh. Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> you know, I come from a third world country where you're just lucky to find what you want at the store. And you come to the U.S. and it's just like, there's like, what, 12 kinds of tasteless water. The minute you put it out, you can't tell the difference. 15 kinds of milk. Do we have the 15 kinds of cows? 15 kinds of milk to choose from. And then, now they're adding almond milk and soy milk. And somebody told me, there's no almond in almond milk. I go, yeah, there's no beef in regular milk. <laughs> so I don't know. But just to get you, I have, you know, you have to look at all these things and start the process of elimination. Like, I take the toothpaste, I'm like, there's 12 kinds of toothpaste. Okay, you, I don't like you, because you always want to fight. You want to fight bad breath, you want to fight gingivitis, you want to fight gum disease. I don't want, I want a peaceful paste. <laughs> Just to freshen my teeth, that's all I need. And then you get to the cereal, and a hundred different kinds of cereal. It turns into the bachelor show for me. I'm like the bachelor with a rose, you know. Uh, you know, uh, I like you, but you know what? Uh, you're, you know what? I don't want to stick to one source of fiber now. I'm not ready to commit to one source. You, I like you, but you're a little too old. Your maturity date is coming too soon. I can't have you. Oh, we, you're way too expensive for me. I can't have you. Hey, you, I don't know. The FDA likes you, but I don't. <laughs> 
I don't know. So it just becomes a, a, a elimination thing. But, but we are obsessed with food. Are you aware of it? You Americans love food. You are so obsessed with food. You just love to eat. You meet someone. Oh, I like you. Let's, let's go out on a date and eat. Oh, I like you. Let's get married. Invite all our relatives and feed them and eat. Oh, and let's do this every year. We call it anniversary. Yes, let's eat. Oh, you're pregnant. You're Mother's Day. Let's eat. You know, oh, what about me? Father. Okay, Father's Day. Let's eat. You know, Jesus was born. Let's eat. Oh, he died, rose from the dead. Let's eat. <laughs> Memorial Day. Oh, it's too sad what happened. You can, we can't go out and eat. Let's fire up the grill at home. <laughs> Guess what? One day you're going to die. You know what your relatives are going to do once you die? They're going to eat after you. <laughs> Let's pray over the disease and let's have a meal in remembrance of him. We're all, we're all, our life, our foreign policy is based on food. We'll never have a war with China or Italy. Why not? They have good food. <laughs> Russia, we don't know what they eat. We don't care. Middle East, we don't like their food. Sounds like pet names. Come here, falafel. Here, hummus, hummus. Come here, hummus, hummus. It's just not good names. So they can have a war with us. Yeah, we don't, we, it's just our fault. The way, in fact, you know what? Gas stations now have restaurants in them. Have you seen that? And they're getting better. The other day I went to this restaurant, fancy, at the gas station. I was like, okay, I'll take the filet mignon and uh, the side of lobster and 20 on four. <laughs> it's all about food. Africa have so many problems. What do they get? Oh, they don't have food. Let's help them. Homeless people, I'll work for food. That's the only thing that gets us. So I want to encourage you to take advantage of that. Next time you go to work and you're late for work, take a dozen donuts with you. <laughs> Nobody cares how late you are. I'm serious. You want to look good at the mall? Cheesecake with you. Teenagers, everybody will look at you if you have a cheesecake with you. Yeah, you're going to a job interview, an apple pie. That will secure a job. You know who's the most beautiful woman in America? Not Miss America, Mrs. Fields. It's all about food, and it's getting expensive. I went to the grocery store the other day. Eight items of groceries, $162. And I get to the counter, and she goes, you want to donate a dollar toward hunger? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> a can of peanuts is $15. Peanuts. Isn't peanuts means nothing? $15. I go, how come it's expensive? She goes, well, gas prices are up. Well, tell me where they grow it. I'll go pick it up myself. And gas prices are up. In California, last time I filmed, $4.25 a gallon. I didn't just shake the nozzle, I licked it. <laughs> and then she goes, you want paper or plastic? No, I want a gift box. Wrap it up, put a bow on it, I'll give it to my wife for Christmas. Walmart, why pay more? Because you charge me more. <laughs> just getting expensive, but you know what? It's... Uh, uh, I love to eat. I, I, when I first came to this country, I went uh, to a restaurant. I said, I'd like a steak. And he goes, uh, what kind? I go, the neck, the back, the leg, any part of the cow will do. He goes, yeah, you want sirloin? You want uh, ribeye? You want uh, tri-tip? Why do you guys have all these names for the cow? Does she know that? <laughs> have you ever seen a cow walk by and goes, ooh, I fell and I hurt my tri-tip. <laughs> oh, my filet mignon is swollen. Hey, does this dress make my brisket look big? <laughs> I don't know.
But I'm married. I'm happily married. 19 years of marriage. I love my wife more today than when I met her. Yes. We have three kids. And, uh, you know, I'm just getting upset at the divorce rate is going up. It's just really, I don't understand it, you know. Sometimes it's excusable a little bit, but others, it's, you know, I don't understand where you go from, you're everything I want to I want everything you have. <laughs> I think people just get a divorce sometimes just to get, you know, just because it's easy. We should make it difficult. You want to get a divorce? You got to have a divorce shower. Invite everyone you invited to the wedding and give them back their gifts. Yes, why not? That will hinder you. Then you have to do the, you know, the, the ceremony where you have to repeat after. I promise not to talk to him anymore till death do us part. You may slap the groom now. <laughs> and then at the end have the wedding singer sing all by myself. It's sad, but it's sad that people just doing all this, you know, just, uh, and, and now suing everybody, sue happy country, you know. In California, anything needed to have a disclaimer on it right now. Can you imagine in our normal conversation, we have to have disclaimers? I take you, Debbie, to be my beloved wife to offer sickness and health till death do us part. Offer not applicable in Connecticut, Wyoming, and California. Oh, I want to spend the rest of my life with you while supplies last. You look beautiful in that dress. Some restrictions apply. <laughs> that doesn't work in real life. But I'm, uh, I have a, can I open up? This is not part of my message, but uh, I have a 17-year-old son. I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old daughter. And it just, my son is that age, if you're a parent, you can relate to this, where there's no, dis, no respect for the parents, you know. It's just getting to, teenagers today, they don't respect us anymore. They, they're not, and that bothers me. I'm like, do anything, but you show respect. And so I went to a conference Friday, and the guy was talking about the reason our children don't respect us because we're not showing them love. They don't feel, they don't think we love them. I'm like, oh, that's it. So I went home, <laughs> and my kid was on the computer. I'm like, okay, son, it's 11 o'clock, go to bed. You know, it's, uh, it's enough computer. He goes, you go to bed, you're the old man. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh. I go, son, I love you, you know that. He goes, yeah, I know. I go, you know, I would do anything for you, you know that? And I was repeating what the guy was saying at the seminar. You know, if you, you're in a, in a building on fire, I would... Go in there and save you. You know that. You know if the car is running at you, I would jump in front of the car and do that. He goes, yeah, 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 I know that. I'm like, then if I'm willing to do that, you better go to bed and be nice to me, okay? Don't ever be rude to me. <laughs> so my wife goes, what happened? Well, didn't you learn in the seminar to show him love? I did. It doesn't work. Because he's always on his phone. You know, remember when your parents used to drive? My, my, my mom and dad would be driving, my, and we'll be in the back fighting, and dad would reach out and beat us up. <laughs> you remember that? Or we're like, are we there yet? Are we there? I'm like, shut up, kid. Just shut up. And we're fighting. Not in my house. We'll be driving for hours. My kids are quiet in the back. Nothing. They're on their phones. I have to reach out and shut their screens. I'm like, hey. Ever since I got the Verizon family plan, I don't have a family anymore. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Talk to me. Don't talk to Wikipedia. Don't ask questions to Google. Ask me. I'm your father. Ask your mother. And my wife go, what, what, what? 
just killing me. I'm like, guys, stop the phones. I don't want to, you know, I have to call them by their username to listen to me. <laughs> but I didn't, I'm really bothered with what's the state of our nation right now. I'm really bothered with their moral decline. I didn't expect it to happen that fast. And I, the only way to change this country, listen to me, the only way we can change the United States of America is by changing individuals. And the only way we can change individuals in the United States by making Christ appealing to them. To the point that they would call on him. That would call unto Jesus to change their life. That's the only way we can do it. In Romans 10 verse 14 it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher. Wow. Well, if you don't tell them, they will not know. If you don't tell them, they will not come to Christ. And if they don't come to Christ, our country will continue to decline morally. If you take a piece of steak and you want to preserve it, you put salt on it. And the more salt, the more preservation there will be. And the more people living in this country who are following Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and applying the biblical values, the more preservation we can save our country. You love this country, you do that. Trust me, that's the only way to change this. You know what? Being politically correct is not going to do it. Being kind and nice. We have fake kindness nowadays. Everybody can, oh, you're so sweet. You, you know, you. no, fake kindness. The only way people can change this country is by them coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I cannot emphasize this enough. So what, what do we need to do? We need to witness to them. Why should I witness? Because God commanded us to do it. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Wisconsin, in the United States, and to the ends of the earth. That's the translation that applies to you. Yes, that's what happened. It started in Jerusalem and went out to the whole world. It can start in Wisconsin and go to the rest of the world. Why not? Why not you? What are you expecting? The liberals in California or New York or Chicago to do it? Why can't it start from here? where people has, still have biblical values and change the entire country. It's easy. It can happen. But oh, no, people say, oh, I can't do it. Why should you do it? The harvest is plentiful. You know, that, I was flying one day on Southwest, and I got on the plane late, and you sit where you want on Southwest, and there was only three seats available, a window and two middles behind each other. So I jumped on that window seat. I'm, I don't want a middle seat. And right after I sat down, here comes a couple, looks like they're newlywed. And she looks at me, she goes, oh honey, I don't, I don't think we can sit together, we'll just take these two middle seats. And I don't know why I said that, I felt stupid saying that. I said, hey, what God united, let no man separate. You two come take this window and middle. And I sat in the seat behind them, in the middle seat. And people started applauding me, oh, what a hero, you gave up your seat for them. And I sat there, and then when we took off, and when we got to 10,000 feet, I opened my laptop. And on my laptop, there's a picture of my wife and my kids. And the guy next to me is just sitting there looking at me. He's like, and I wasn't planning to sit next to him. He goes, oh, you're your family? I said, 
excuse me? He goes, is that your family? I go, yeah. He goes, you're lucky. I go, no, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. Listen, man, I used to be into drugs and alcohol, and my life was miserable. I had no hope, and God gave me a reason to live, a hope, saved my life, gave me a beautiful wife, and blessed me with kids, and gave me wisdom to be a dad and a husband and all. And the guy looks at me and goes, you know, I've been taking care of my elderly dad for years, and uh, he's been asking me, he wants to become a Christian, and he doesn't know how, and I want to become a Christian, but we don't know how to do it. <laughs> I'm like, is this a prank thing? Really? Are you I'm like, what? Can, can someone be that ready? And I shared the gospel with him. And I explained that. And I was loud because I'm the hero. Nobody can complain. <laughs> and before we landed, I prayed the sinner's prayer with him. And he was in seventh heaven before we landed. He accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. His whole demeanor would change. He started, like he was talking clearly and, and excited. His shoulders just went, I was like, wow, this is great. You know what? There's people out there today, tomorrow, this week, that ready. They're not going to have it on a t-shirt. Come preach to me. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to hear it. No, but 10 people are ready, so ready to hear the gospel. You need to talk to them. You need to tell them. Oh, I'm um, Nazareth. Uh, uh, I have fear of rejection. You know what? I'm the most peaceful guy. I, I'm a peacemaker. I don't want trouble. I don't want anything. I don't want conflict. I don't want to talk about anything that conflict with others. I want to be accepted so bad. But there's so much hanging on sharing the gospel with people that I do it anyway. They rejected Christ. They won't reject me. And when you expect it, it's not that bad. When a, when a boxer is, knows that the other guy is going to hit him on this side, it doesn't hurt that much because he's expecting it. We'll expect rejection, and when they don't, it's a great gain. So don't worry about it. It's not, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Christ. Number two, lack of confidence in my ability. Now, I don't have the confidence. I don't have the ability to do it. Let me give you three things. If you don't remember anything from this sermon, remember these three things. Number one. The Holy Spirit is still the same today as in the day of Pentecost. The same Holy Spirit that gave power to Peter and Paul and all the disciples to preach and to reach the world for Jesus, that same power is available to you today, here. Because if you're a believer, you're, the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. That same Holy Spirit, same powerful. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. He'll bring it to your remembrance in the right time. Number two, the word of God is still powerful and sharper than any two-edged swords. Hebrew 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That means the person you're talking to, you don't know what's going on in their life. You have no idea, but God knows. And you, while you're talking to them, you throw a verse that you memorized in your quiet time when you're reading the Bible, and you memorize a verse or two, and you share that verse with them. What you're doing is stabbing them. Because it goes deep inside them. In the, you might not see them bleed, but they're bleeding. Because you said something that really hits them hard, where they were thinking and doubting and all that, and boom, you just stabbed them with it. And they leave different. 
I made a deal with myself. I'm never going to be with a person for a few minutes and let them leave the same way they are. You know what? Have you met celebrities before? Have you met princesses before? Okay. You keep continue the rest of your life talking about, oh, I met this prince and I met the, the president of this. Well, let these people leave with the same idea. I met a child of God. I talked to a child of God. That should change him. Don't just talk about mundane stuff or lukewarm stuff. You, you know, share something with them. Let them go home miserable. Let them not sleep at night. That's fine. But don't let them, let them leave the same way spiritually that you, you, you met him. Say something about what God has done in your life. How he's blessing you. How the peace while you're going through cancer but you're rejoicing because you, you know Jesus. While this is happening, throw a couple of verses. Stab them. Stab them. And they will change. They will change because God knows their thoughts. Number three, God still desires that all would come to know him. 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires that all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let's say, imagine I love my grass to be cut and, and green and nice. And then I get up in the morning and I open the window and I see my teenage son doing the grass in the lumbar. You know what that does to me? I go, ah, oh, that's great. Wow, what a nice kid. What an obedient child. That's what God says or feels when you are sharing the gospel with the ones he loves, with people he wants to see come to him. Do you think if my son needed fuel for his lawnmower or it's not working or he needs a trimmer or something or water, you don't think I'm going to jump and help him? Of course, he's doing what I love. All the power in heaven is available to you when you're ready to share with a non-believer. God himself is ready to help you. And, it's, and you're making his heart happy. And sometimes for a change. Because we get so busy with our sins. and blah, blah, blah. It's nice to change that. So go witness. It will take your mind off your, yourself. So three things. Number one, the Holy Spirit is still powerful today. Number two, the word of God is still sharper than two-edged sword. And number three, God desires for that. If that doesn't move you, I don't know what else. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to encourage you right now. Starting late, once you leave here, you have a week to go and stab someone. <laughs> and bring them here next Sunday. I didn't know they were having next week Sunday that they want you to bring an unbeliever. God's timing, I love it. So please, go invite someone, bring them to the service, stab them, let me know. I'm going to put my email up there. And that's my email, naz, at Nazareth USA. And uh, if... Just tell me, hey, I stabbed somebody today. This is what it is. And I will pray for you because I want to know if this message, I've been sharing it. I shared this in Hawaii last week. I shared it in Northern California the week before. I want to know that you're really moving. I'm not just speaking to a wall or something. I'm talking to believers who have the same heart as Christ and desires to see people come to Christ. So go do it. Every one of you, go stab somebody this week. Yes. I don't know enough, Naz. I don't know enough. What if they ask me this? You don't have to. God will give you the right words in due time. One time I was on the plane, and next to me was a, an older gentleman, very nice looking, dressed nice, and he started talking to me. He's a scientist for one of our government labs, and he has so many patents in his name. Very well-educated man. So we were talking, and then I do what I normally do. I open my Bible and start reading. And he looks at me and goes, you believe this? 
I go, yeah, he goes, oh, you're too smart for this. Come on, man, you believe this? Really? Uh, uh, creation? And he started going into creation and evolution and all this other educated stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, oh. And I started praying. I said, Lord, what do I do? And God said, stab him. <laughs> God was like, you have a sword. He doesn't. You have the truth. He doesn't. Stab him. So I looked at him. I said, excuse me, what is your name, sir? He goes, Robert something the third. I go, what is your mommy called you when you were little? He looks at me, he's like, how stupid. Really? I go, what, what, what did your mom call you? He goes, Bobby. I said, Bobby, before you went to college and learned all these great things that made you, you know, ignore that there's a God or deny that there's a creator, the creator who gave you this brain that you just, you know, you're so intelligent. And God gave you that, and you using this knowledge to deny him. Uh, did you, before that, did you believe there was even a creator? You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever, including you, believe in him, should not die, but have everlasting life. There is life after this. And the guy started tearing up. I stabbed him. He's bleeding. He started tearing up. I said, Bobby, would you promise me that when you go home tonight, Pinky promised me that you would get on your knees and say, God, if you're real, would you reveal yourself to me? And the guy was really crying. And he promised me. I stabbed him. I don't have to argue. I don't have to know evolution and creation and all that. But all I have to do, I have the word of God. And boom, I stab him with it. Uh, I don't have time. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. This is what I do. I've been doing comedy for 25 years, 22 of them for Christ. And what we've been doing lately is called the Laughter for All Crusades. I would rent a stadium, bring people who cannot afford to buy a movie ticket or stuff to bring their family to a free comedy night. And at the end, of, when we bring musicians, Grammy Awards like Crystal Lewis and Dennis Agajin. And then at the end, I do comedy and then do an invitation so they come to the field and receive Christ. And when they leave, any family in the stadium, they can get a box of food and a toy for free. It's all free. It takes months and months to prepare. And I gladly do it because you know what? I know God is, is not a debtor to man. Seven years ago, I said, Lord, what, uh, what, what's going on? You know, I, I speak Arabic. And look what's going on in the world. And he said, I want you to, you and there's a lady from our church, an Iraqi lady. We started a ministry called Voice of the Refugees. What we do is we reach out, just give free furniture to Syrian, Iraqi, Egyptian, uh, Afghani, Iranian refugees that come to this country. They come to California, second highest population of Muslims in the U.S. So we started giving them furniture. Before you know it, God gave us a school, four levels of English as second language. After that, we have a computer lab, 26 computer, teaching them how to use Microsoft and Word and not. And then a job training where we teach them how to get jobs. In the process, we share Christ with them. We served over a thousand families already in seven years. I don't make a penny off it, but you know what? God blesses me so much in, in my own work as a comedian because of that. Don't you dare think that God will not reward you or make it up for whatever you're doing for him. He can see it. If no one else sees it, he can see it. Amen? Go stab people, please. Go stab people. And the last question that I'm going to cover here says, I don't feel holy enough as I continue to sin. Now, there's two different, there's two kinds of people. 
Some of you are like living with your boyfriend, girlfriend, you're into drugs, you're alcohol, pornography, whatever it is, you're continually into sin, you know it. For you, I say, don't worry about witnessing to people. Get your house right in order and then do it. But there's some of you that really are good Christians, like all of us, you know, we're not perfect all the time. Sometimes we fail, like, Lord, please forgive me, and we feel guilty, please, Lord. And God takes, you know, God forgives you. And then you don't let that stop you from reaching to people. Oh, I wasn't a good Christian today. I was angry. No, don't let that stop you from reaching people to Christ. But if you're living in sin, I would say to you, you know what? It's time to change that. For, you know, God did not come into the world to condemn the world, that the world through him might be saved. And this is the condemnation, that light, which is Jesus, has come into the world, but the world rejected him because they liked darkness. Their works of darkness are appealing. So if you are living in this darkness and learning stopping you from being used by God, I pray today would be the day that you ask God to help you change that. So, and for all of you, please Go stab somebody. Here's my email. Let me know you did it. And I'll be praying for that person you stabbed. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for today. Thank you for reminding us that we need to be working in your field. We are laborers and the laborers are few. You could have used angels, but you decided to use us for our blessing. So I pray that if anyone here that's being hindered by sin, that they will turn from it. The ones that being lukewarm, that they'll be hot for you, Lord. And that we will learn how to step people with the word of God. That they're able to turn their hearts to you. Lord, I pray that our country will turn around because of the people sitting here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.